Hi, this is Pat Helmers from the Sales Babble Podcast, and you're listening to the Get You Some Radio Show. Yum, yum, get you some. Now, 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 now your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration, perspiration, perspiration, and just the right amount of bull defecation. <laughs> the Get You Some Radio Show with your host, the Vice President of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster. Any good to be alive and living in Tennessee? Welcome, welcome to the Get You Some Radio Show, and I am your host, just like the man said, Terry Lancaster. Got a great show lined up for you today. Pat Helmers is on the show. Pat is the host of the Sales Babble podcast. He is also the author of the Dow to Ching of Sales. Now, when I got my first job in sales, right after I graduated from college, I moved to Tupelo, Mississippi, and the boss man there, the sales manager, told me the good Lord gave me two years and one mouth, and he expected me to use them in exactly that ratio. Pat kind of comes around to the same idea. He says we can sell more by selling less. He wants us to sell less and listen more. And just like martial arts and kung fu and jujitsu and karate and all these things, we can let the strength and weight of our opponents use that for our benefit. If we listen to our salespeople, to our customers, they'll tell us exactly the words that we need to use to close them. He says that we don't need, we don't need to be teller sellers, but instead we need to be askers. Pat gives us a great strategy for moving our customers out of their, their logical thinky side of their brain and gets them over to the emotional feely side of the brain. And that's where all the decisions are made because nobody makes buying decisions for logical reasons. They make buying decisions for emotional reasons. They use logic to justify those decisions. And finally, Pat says, we don't need to get in such a big hurry. Don't, don't want to be in such a big rush to start telling all about ourselves and our product and our features and our benefits and what we can do. He says, instead, we just want to sit back and let the customer give us the exact words that we want to use. And this is my best quote. This is the quote of the day. Find the itch before you pitch. Pat Helmer's coming up today on the Get You Some Radio Show. Now, when I started, about a month ago, when I started the, uh, the Get You Some radio show, I had no intention that my first four episodes were going to be done in a hockey jersey with a scruffy playoff beard, and I'm even getting some hockey hair going on up here. Didn't mean to do that. Hadn't planned this out, but the, uh, I'm a Nashville Predators fan, and the Nashville Predators got on kind of a roll, and I started the first week and wore, wore the hockey jersey, and they keep winning, so I'm going to keep on wearing the jersey for as long as they are. They're in the second round right now. Second round against the St. Louis Blues. So that's going to be going on for, uh, for a couple more days. We're up two to one right now as of, uh, as of Tuesday morning when we're recording this. We're up two games to one in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, um, you, if you've been following me at all, if you know anything about me, you've heard me talk over the last year or so about how social media is changing the way people buy things. It's changing the way people sell things. It's changing the way we make friends. It's changing the way we, we form romantic relationships. It's changing the way we form business relationships. Social media has changed the way people communicate and people make transactions. And it's, it's changed business in ways we can't even begin to imagine. And, and that really came home to me yesterday or Sunday, actually Sunday when we were, uh, when I was at the, uh, the playoff game here in Nashville, the St. Louis Blues, they came down to Nashville. And I've got friends and, and in St. Louis, and one of them couldn't get tickets. So she ended up asking me to get, to get her ticket. And I, we bought her a ticket. She came down. And I realized that this is a person I've known for four, five years, but I've never 
actually met them. And a lot of people go on and on about how social media isn't real life and that people need to spend more time in the real world or, and, 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 and they kind of discount social media. They say that the friends that you make on social media aren't real friends, but that's just, that's just not the case. You know, Kelly came down from St. Kelly Wilson. Uh, she works at a car dealership in St. Louis. She came down to Nashville and it was like old home week. It was like I hadn't seen her in forever and I had to remind myself that I've actually never even met her. I've known her for so long. It just seems like she's someone, she seems like a friend because exactly, that's exactly what she is. And that's exactly what social media can do. It can create a network of friends for you around the world, even though you may have not ever even met some of these people. One third of all marriages begin as online relationships these days because, because social media is exactly like real life. I actually have more friends now from high school on Facebook than I had in high school. And I talked to these people, even though we may have never said five words to each other in high school. And as a matter of fact, this week's, uh, this week's subscriber of the week, Tracy Windrow from College Grove, Tennessee, went to high school with Tracy and she's been a great supporter of me and of the show and of their everything and my book and everything I've been doing for the last year. And I guarantee you, Tracy and I didn't say five words to each other in high school, but for the last several years, we've been great friends through social media and social media is changing everything. It's changed. It's changed the way we elect a president. Uh, Donald Trump became president. I guarantee you he was outspent. I'd love to see the research on this. How, what the factor was, how much Hillary, more Hillary Clinton spent than Donald Trump, just because he had a great mastery of social media. He is the Twitter King and he created this little bubble the social reality, and for better or worse, that's what we have now because he, he knew how to manipulate the social media landscape, and he did it without spending as, as much money as anyone else has ever done before. He's probably spent less than any presidential candidate in, in as far as we can remember. Um, this, and this, very, this weekend, as a matter of fact, he skipped the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Now, this is unimaginable. For, in my whole lifetime, it's unimaginable that a president would skip the White House Correspondents' Dinner. This is a huge deal because they've needed the press to get their message out, to get the story they told out into the out into the the airwaves and out into public opinion. You talk about the bully pulpit, and that's exactly what the bully bully pulpit was. It was the ability to talk to the press and get the press to cover them. Why Donald Trump says I don't need that, and he doesn't because he has social media. And he can go on Twitter and he can reach whoever he wants to and he can say anything and it's going to be on Facebook all over the next day. And he doesn't really have to suck up to the press to get anything done. And he doesn't have to spend a ton of money on advertising to get elected. The social media has changed dramatically the landscape for sales and for everything because it's changed the way human beings communicate. I've actually seen that it's actually changing the way we perceive reality because it's we because we end up uh, they talk about the facebook bubble we end up narrowing in on these these niches that we see and to to the exclusion of everything else so there's not as much broadcasting going on and everything is narrow casting and it's changing the way we perceive reality and so uh, if, if you have if you're not using the tool you've got you've got a uh, just like i do You've got your phone. It's probably in your desk. You're probably watching me on it, or it's, if not, it's in your pocket, or it's close by pretty well. But you have all the tools you need 
to, to create a worldwide network of people who know, like, and trust you, of friends, of potential customers. And you can reach them and you can change the way they perceive you. You can change the way they perceive your products, your customers, and what you have to offer. And you can change the way they actually perceive reality. And if you're not taking advantage of that, of these remarkable tools, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. If you're not taking advantage of that by doing exactly what I'm doing here, sitting in front of a microphone in my office with a couple of lights on, spreading my message, preaching to my choir, if you're not doing that, I guarantee you, your competition will be soon. So jump on it. I'll be right back with Pat Helmers right after this. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. And first impressions these days happen mostly on Google or social media. If you're invisible online, well, that's not much of an impression. But without free five-day personal branding bootcamp, you can transform your online image, create a bigger referral network, and stop being invisible in just one week. To get started, simply text Terry to 444-999. Get you some radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome, Pat Helmers, to the Get You Some studio. Now, I got a uh, – Pat is a, uh, is a podcaster. He's, a, he's world-renowned. He's a sales trainer. He's an international sales trainer, travels all over the world, just got back from China. But he's used to being in front of the microphone. He's used to being in front of the microphone, but he's not necessarily used to being in front of the camera. I got a frantic email from Pat <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> it says, Terry – Terry, this, this is a video show? You mean I've, I've got to wear pants? So, so, so Pat, uh, curious minds want to know, which way did we come down on the pants issue, yes or no, with or without? Reluctantly, I agreed to wear pants. <laughs> well, thank, thank you for putting on, putting on clothing and joining us here today on the Get You Some radio show. Man, I love that laugh. Yeah. yeah how, how, was China? how was China, baby? It was terrific. It was very, very, very interesting. Completely different from the United States. Completely different from any place else. But uh, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed my my wife had a job there, and I followed her. Yeah. And um, which has been the other way around in our lives. But this time, this is what we did, and uh, it was a really great time. Oh, that that's fantastic. Now, now Pat has an engineering background. I, uh, I I went to college. I was planning on being an engineer until I found out that that was like a lot of work. And I could not study and drink and chase women and be an engineering major. So I became a journalism major and, and probably found the microphones in the, uh, in the college radio station. But Pat comes from an engineering background and converted that into a sales career. And he's actually made a career now of teaching non-salespeople how to become salespeople, how to be sales, how to be a salesperson without being salesy. So Pat, Tell us about your journey. How did you go from engineering to sales to international sales to sales to sales podcaster? Tell us the story. <laughs> well, it's, it's a pretty straightforward story. You know, as you said, I, I studied engineering and, uh, you know, I drank some, Terry, when <laughs> I was in university and, uh, and I still love craft beer. Um, but I loved, I love technology and I love everything about it. And I just couldn't help but be excited about writing programmings. And I wrote software for a long time. But I worked for a company, I worked for Lucent Technologies for quite a long time, and we made products that people didn't buy. <laughs> and I thought they were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were terrific. I put a lot of my life in them, but I was really surprised to find that they weren't as successful as I thought. So as I, I started moving 
forward into sales over time and came to the realization that there's a whole lot more to selling stuff than just making great things. In fact, that's one of the biggest problems entrepreneurs often have is they've got a great idea that it's that they think is obvious going to be obviously everybody's going to love it. Absolutely. And then to their surprise, nobody buys it. If if they build it, they may or may not come. So that's right. And that's the experience that I had. And uh, eventually I got into sales and I realized that sales is a whole lot different than anything I'd ever thought that it wasn't, that wasn't about just kind of reading the spec sheet of the, of the, of the software uh, or the hardware. We were selling both that it was really about trying to understand the problems that the customer was facing, you know, the issues and the desires and the hopes and dreams that they had and to the best of their our ability, trying to make them happen. And maybe just maybe yeah. our products and services would, 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 uh, would fulfill that. So that's, that's how I got to gotten sales. All right. So you, you took that and you, and you took the process of, of, of transferring it from, from the product. And, every, and that's, of course, that's the first thing they teach us in sales, sales 101 is, you, is you're not selling features because no, nobody, sells about, nobody cares about your product. They only care about what your product can do for them. So that's, that's, that's the first thing salespeople have to learn. But you ended up converting this and you, you, you put together this thing that I've been fascinated by since we first started talking about, about a year ago. You ended up writing the Dow to Ting of sales, which is taking Eastern philosophy and applying it to selling Western technology. And uh, after the, my momentary mind blowing, there's like trying to get my mind wrapped around how, all, all of this. How did you get from, from there to there? You know, that's a really good question. <laughs> that's a hard one to actually answer. Yeah. <laughs> I was, and, and people are, I don't want people to nod off here either. Yeah. But I was given a book many years ago from a lady who started a bookstore. I helped her that went, that went belly up another startup. that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <clears throat> And as we were like packing her store up to close it down, she gave me this book, the Tao Te Ching. And what was written by a guy named Lao Tse about 250, 300 BC in China. And he was a really interesting guy. People probably know him best by, you ever see that little circle that's half black and half white and it's got an S curve in it? The yin yang. The yin yang. That's, that's all comes from, that all comes from Lao Tse. Yeah. Because he was all about that. Life isn't about too much of this or too much of that. It's about a balance of the two. Yeah. So, for example, I read something when I, was, when I first became a manager that said, great management is when the people, that when something gets done, the people say, we did it. Yeah. So, it's not management that's like whipping them into place or taking all the credit for it happens. It's that they somehow magically get people kind of like rallied around into a direction and, La and that's mostly what Lao Tse wrote. He mostly yeah. wrote about leadership and how to move a business forward and how to move government forward. Right. He was, he was kind of a li libertarian, some people think. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you, you know what? I, I, I've, uh, I've, read, I've read a little bit of the, the Dow myself, and uh, a lot of it sounds like Jeffersonian democracy. The, the big Jeff Thomas Jefferson quote is, that government is best which governs least. And that, that, that sounds like it could have been, it could have come from the Dow. That's right. That's that. That's how a lot of people see that. At this, he he talked about all kinds of things, interesting things like it. You don't really think about like, you know, a cup is real is is an interesting thing to have, but it's the emptiness inside of it that's really makes it useful. Right. 
that what good is a house if you don't have a door? It's the hole. It's the emptiness that makes it have value. Yeah. So you're constantly thinking about things like, you know, it's the, it's the stiff, it's the stiff um, grass that breaks in the wind, but it's the supple one, the one that kind of goes with the way things are. Yeah. That's the one that's successful. And I believe that's how great sales works. So, so how, how, how do we put that in, in, into use in a sales concept? What are, what, are some, what are some ways that that would be applicable, you think? Right. A classic one is qualifying. That's one of my favorite topics is that when you meet somebody, um, a lot of people hate sales because they just like the, the feeling of rejection, you know, of being told no, 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 no. <laughs> right. But instead of getting that sense of rejection, it would be easier to kind of work with what you have. When you first meet somebody, ask them, you know, this is what I make. Do you guys do something like this? Right. Uh, do you experience these kinds of problems? You start asking open-ended questions like, you know, what's your story and what's your happily ever after in your story? And what right. are the things that are stopping that from happening? And you kind of work with what you have. Instead of trying to paddling upstream, you yeah. kind of float with the stream down there, which is a classic Taoist thing. Right. And, um, and I think that's, that's what makes it, whole much makes it a whole lot better. It goes back to that management example that you're really helping these people be successful. You're yeah. not arm twisting them. You're not, you're not, it's not Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, where, you know, <laughs> you know, coffee's for closers. You know, yeah. always be closing. It's not about that. It's about working with people and help facilitating them. Yeah. I think that's, that's the biggest misnomer that, that people get is that salespeople, and, and this was, this was me. I never intended to become a salesperson. I was, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert and I never imagined myself going into a sales career. You're an introvert. I, I, absolutely. I'm an introvert until you turn on a camera or a microphone. <laughs> and you know, that, that's the way introverts work. I, I, I didn't, I didn't really know, know that until recently. I, I, I thought I was kind of an odd, odd mixture, but uh, in, introverts, I, I, I was explaining this to my daughter, who's an, also an, an introvert. And she's struggling with, with getting out of her shell. And uh, I, I told her, I said, I'm an introvert until, you know, you put me in front of a stage or put me on a camera. But 99% of the time I'm sitting in, in, my, in my office in front of the computer, you know, wear, wearing underwear and, uh, and doing my thing where, where people will leave me alone. And so, so it took me a minute to get into the sales, sales idea because I had the exact same thing that you were talking about, the Glenn Blair, Gary Ross idea. And everyone thinks that salespeople have to be obnoxious and overpowering and pushy. And uh, I don't think that, I mean, that's, that's, those are the least successful. They, they come up they come on with a bang, but they're not the most helpful salespeople. So they end up being the not mo the most successful salespeople. Would you say? I, I totally agree. Not maybe that worked back in the day, but with the internet, people have a lot more options. Right. There's a lot more competition. They make a whole lot more of their decision online. 60% of the sale is made online now. Yeah. Long before they ever talked to a salesperson. It used to be the salesperson had all the secrets to how something worked. Right. So you had to deal with that obnoxious jerk. <laughs> but not anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's it, this, this salesperson there, he's, uh, he's, he's at the end, end of the thing. So I'll, I'll tell you my, my take on that, that the, uh, the sales, the, most of the sales happen online, but it gets to the end of the program. And that's where the people raise their hand and they, they come, they reach out to their salesperson. And it's at that point that the salesperson has to become, has to become their friend. He has to show them how, how he can help them. And he's got a much quicker time, much, a much, much narrower time to do that now than he ever had before because they've already made a lot of their decisions. So how does the, the Tao Te Ching concepts, how does that, that apply in, in, in that final 
the race to the close there at the end, at the end, once they've already, uh, once they've already kind of made up their mind, at least what they think they're going to do, they often don't end up doing what they came in thinking they were going to do. But what's something the salespeople can do right there at the end to, to get the ball rolling? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And a way I think the best way to frame it is, is if you've done your homework ahead of time and you understand what are the five or six things they want mm-hmm. and you just walk them through, Terry, you said that you wanted it to be faster. You yeah. said, as I've shown you, my thing's faster, right? Yeah. You said you wanted it to be cheaper. As you can see what I've shown you already, it's cheaper. You also said that you wanted to grow your revenue, right? You can see right here that I this is everything that you wanted, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So, great. So you would say, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> start the head nodding. <laughs> I go, I would go, well, great. Well, why don't I start the paperwork and let's get you online next month, next week or whatever. So let, let me ask you this there. I have a, a, a favorite, uh, a favorite concept and that I'm not sure. I don't believe it came from the Dow, but it is Taoist in nature. And that's the, uh, it, it's, it's, it's woo wee, which is, I believe a Japanese phrase. Are you yeah. familiar with that? Woo yes. That is, that, yeah. that is Japanese, not Chinese, but it's the, the entire thing, which is, you know, action without action, doing more by doing less. So do you find that's, that? That's very Taoist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be the most Taoist of all things. So. When, yeah. Actually, all of these people were, were actually China. What was hot was when the Buddha, when Lao Tse, the Buddha and Confucius are, 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 the, are the great trinity of China. Right. And they're right. all tied into one another. And it's all one big mush. It's one big, like, um, one big stew. Yeah. <laughs> and and they're, all, they're all about that. But that, that's right. Action through non-action. Yeah. So sell, selling through non-selling. What, what are some ways we can sell without selling? So to, to, to sell without appearing to be a, the salesperson. Here's a great trick. The more you can ask people and get them to talk, the more they talk, the more likely they're going to buy. Yeah. Which is opposite of how you think. You think right. that I got to be the talker. Right. And I got to be a teller seller. Yeah. That, that's not, that, that's not true at all. No, you got to be an asker. You yeah. ask questions and you listen, listen, listen. Yeah. Another thing is, another trick is, is when they tell you problems, you go, gosh, that sucks. That must be, that must be really terrible. Gosh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and you get them to say, what other problems you have? And you go, oh my goodness, that's got to be frustrating. Right. Or, oh my goodness, you have that kind of attrition rate. Oh, that's going to be terrible. Yeah. And you want to get them all kind of emotionally kind of like whipped up. Yeah. You don't do the whipping up. You say the things and you get them to whip themselves up. Right. And then when you says, well, I have something that might be able to make this all go away. Would you like to see it? And yeah. they're going to say, yes. Mm. You're not, I'm not shoving it on them. I'm getting them to like beg me. <laughs> to just show what I have. And you're trying to get them out of their logical brain and quit thinking and start feeling. So Everybody buys on emotion, even the most logical IT people out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many times I've dealt with people like, you know, I don't want to buy your stuff because that's got to automate away a part of my job and I just can't have that, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, so, yep, yep, that's, that's kind of common. All right, so so I, I, my audience is mostly salespeople and entrepreneurs. It's a lot of folks selling for other folks. I have, uh, I have automotive salespeople in the mix. I have real estate agents. I have insurance agents, and I have people who are who are in the startup culture who are starting their own thing. Let's talk. Let's let's come up with one thing. I, 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 my promise to everyone who listens and watches is we're going to have one thing, one action step that you can do 
this week today, maybe as soon as you quit watching, that you can use to start turning around your business and your life. Not necessarily just your business, because I, I think the two are interwoven. You can't have a better business without having a better life, and you can't build a better life without having a better you. So what's one thing they can do today to start getting better? Find the itch before you pitch. Find, Find the itch before you pitch. Stop wasting time with people who aren't qualified. You, you want to, this will make, it'll make you much more efficient. Find out what people, if they really have an itch for what you're buying, do they, re, do they really have a desire for it? Is it high on their list? Do they got money for it? Yeah. You know, are you, got, you talking to the right decision maker? Find the itch before you pitch. Do not lead with a solution. Qualify people as fast as possible and kick them out if they aren't and only talk to qualified people. All right. That's fantastic, Pat. So tell me you're happily ever after. What's next for Pat Helmers and, and, and what's the happily ever after for your story? Right now I'm working on uh, growing, a po growing my podcast. So people would, I would appreciate if people come listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's my hot thing this year yeah. um, is, is, is growing the audience. And we have been growing really, really well wow. uh, the, these last six months. I'm really, really pleased with that. Um, so secondly, I, I've been working with, with startup companies. If you are a startup and don't do what I did, don't learn how to, <laughs> I started working for a startup. I self-taught myself sales. It was pretty painful. <laughs> you don't need to repeat the mistakes. Um, I, I would welcome people if they would love to have a little chat with me. I'd be more than happy to, especially if you're in that tech space that, 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 that's my real expertise. Yeah. Um, because I understand that really well. Um, I might be able to help them. And that's, that's what I'm looking, that's the other thing I'm looking forward to doing this year, more of this this year. Man, you need to get down to Nashville. Ne Nashville is, is Austin and, uh, and, the, uh, and Silicon Valley. It's, it's Silicon Valley South, Austin North. And we've got, there's so much tech stuff going on in Nashville. If you had asked me, you know, 20 years ago, would this would be possible? I'd never believed it because there was nothing here but, but boots and, uh, and record shops 20 years ago. And now we're, uh, we are a mecca for technology and healthcare and the whole, whole nine yards. So you can come on down and see us. I love Nashville. I yeah. love visiting Nashville. I used to work a lot of conferences in Nashville. Yeah, and yeah. I always really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, that that they have a great vet. That whole that whole area has a great venue for startups. Yeah, so, absolutely yeah. does. We have a big entrepreneur. You got great weather. Well. You got smart people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you got and, and you got a pleasant place to live. I mean, you got great music. You got there's a lot going on. It's a yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a Nashville booster. And they and people can find you at where. Oh, that's easy. www.salesbabble.com. Pat Helmer from the Sales Babble podcast and the Dow De Jing of sales. Pat, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you next time. We'll see you, Terry. Bye-bye. Bye now. The Getcha Some Radio Show. Yum, yum, getcha some. Getcha get some. some. There we have it, boys and girls. Pat Helmer is on the Get You Some radio show. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. Pat, thank you for spending your time with me. Be sure to join in next week. We got my buddy Jamie J on the show. Now, Jamie J is my web guy, but also, this is the big deal. Once again, Jamie J is a St. Louis Blues fan. So we don't know right now who the winner is, but when, we come, when he comes on the show next week, one of us is going to be very happy, and one of us, is going to be very sad. Jamie J next week on the Get You Some Radio Show. I'll see you then. Get You Some Radio. 
You've been listening to the Getcha Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at TerryLancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big, wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.